0: Hi, this is Mark Raven. This is episode eight. This is based on a post published on January 15th, 2015, and it's titled Throwback Thursday, GM Got Gamed in the Original Intent of Their Stand-Up Meeting. So continuing the Throwback Thursday theme that I'm doing for the 10th anniversary of my blog, um, today's post and audio looks back at and builds upon one of my favorite posts from back in 2007. It was uh, a GM war story from... Back in 1995, um, listeners can go to um, episode four in this podcast or leanblog.org slash audio four um, to read or listen to that full story. And you know, there there was a, a spike in blog traffic um, last weekend, um, kind of an out of control data point, if you will, from a SPC perspective. And the cause, the special cause, was a Canadian blog um, linking to that piece for some reason. So, um, kind of prompted me to go back and look at it. So. You know, back then in in that 2007 post, I wrote about this four o'clock meeting or it was it was between shifts. It might have been three o'clock where Scott, the production supervisor, would report his fudged numbers. And I want to elaborate a little bit on that meeting. Um, The Daily Stand-Up was a meeting where the supervisors and support staff from different departments would gather. Um, this is an engine plant uh, for General Motors. So it was a final assembly was the main department. And we had different machining departments that made components, including engine blocks, um, connecting rods. Those were the two main areas I worked with. Um, crankshaft, cylinder heads, maintenance, and other support leaders and engineers would be there. And each department would bring a flip chart from their department that showed by hour the production goal and the actual. These are the numbers that Scott was fudging. Um, there was a space to explain any gap um, between uh, goal, you know, the, the theoretical throughput of the line and the actual production, machine downtime, quality problems, things like that. Now, the daily practice of this huddle, the stand-up meeting, um, was, was brought to the plant by one of the internal lean consultants that had been hired and brought in by GM Powertrain headquarters. You know, the, these, these folks came from companies like Nissan and from Toyota suppliers. They had great experience. Um, But plant management really didn't want the help. They didn't want to learn about this Toyota stuff. You know, this is suburban Detroit, 1995. Um, But those consultants, those internal folks that had been hired, these internal consultants, and they were great mentors and teachers to me. You know, they had a mandate from corporate to do some quote-unquote lean things, you know, even though we couldn't say the words lean or Toyota um, due to politics. Um, But that daily stand-up, their review meeting um, was meant to break down silos, to improve communication, you know, looking systemically for plant bottlenecks that would affect final assembly um, and our ability to deliver to our customer the uh, assembly plants um, for, for Cadillac and Oldsmobile. You know, it was meant to help prioritize maintenance and other resources. Um, the reasons why on that flip chart, the reasons why we didn't meet production goals, that was supposed to prompt discussion and problem solving, not yelling and screaming. And we had yelling and screaming at GM. So, you know, this is one of the first examples I saw, you know, early on in my career where a lean method, the flip charts and the daily standup meeting, you know, the, the hourly production tracking um, was copied and, and put in place without having the right culture and the right environment around it. You know, the, the internal lean consultants would sort of shake their heads and and they would tell me, you know, uh, that, that the yelling and screaming wasn't part of their old cultures, um, you know, but they didn't really have permission from people like uh, Bob, the plant superintendent, uh, main yeller and screamer, to, to coach and mentor him or or the others, uh, you know, the consultants probably could have tried to talk to Bob privately, and, and maybe they did, um, but I'm I'm guessing it really wouldn't have been helpful, and probably would have just gotten them more ostracized than they already were. But you know another example of the right tool in the wrong culture comes from another 2007 blog post of mine talking about how a lean you could call it a tool, the Andon cord. Had been copied by a Ford truck plant, except the culture wasn't there. So in this news story, and I've linked to it. If you go to leanblog.org/audio8, um, you, you can see the link. And the quote here says, "You know, in contrast um, to Toyota, which had 2,000 Andon cord pulls a week, workers at Ford's brand new truck plant in Dearborn, Michigan, pull the cord only twice a week. The legacy of generations of mistrust between shop floor workers and managers." Now, sadly, you know, we see the same thing happening in healthcare. You know, we copy a tool from aviation, such as checklists and some of the practices of crew resource management, um, but don't change the culture. You know, it doesn't allow those methods to really be useful. So the question I would pose, you know, here in 2015, when we see a lean tool copied in a hospital that doesn't have a lean culture, we're going to see similar dysfunctions. So instead of saying, you know, that tool, that lean tool doesn't work here and blaming the tool or blaming lean, maybe we need to look at our culture and our leadership styles. Can we change the culture to, for example, make it okay for people to speak up as, as I wrote about yesterday? Can we make it okay um, and create the right environment where these lean methods can actually be successful? Because that's what really matters is the success, not the implementation of the tool or quote unquote becoming lean. What we need to do is improve safety and quality, reduce waiting times, improve costs, create a better workplace. That's really what matters. And it's re- going to require more than just lean tools to get there. So again, for this episode, you can go to leanblogorg audio eight. Uh, we are now uh, live and active on the Apple iTunes store. So you can search in iTunes for uh, for Mark Graben or for Lean Blog and, and you'll see this series. You can subscribe to it. Um, you can also go to leanblog.org audio to see um, other ways to subscribe through Stitcher, which is a great service for especially for phones and mobile devices. And you can find the RSS feed if, uh, if you know it in RSS feed and you want to use that. So uh, again, thanks for listening and I hope you're enjoying the series. If you have any feedback, please email me, mark at leanblog.org.